podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast for the first time properly this season with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. And we've got to start just with a little bit of We Are West Ham podcast news, just to let you know that me and James have parted ways with our friend Tom Edwards over the summer. Um, Obviously, during all the Euros and stuff, there was lots of planning going on in the background about what the We Are West Ham podcast is going to look like this season as well. We decided it was uh, the right time to part ways, but me and Jonesy will be with you still for the whole season. We've got lots of exciting things in offer. For example, next week, replacing Tom Edwards for a full two hours to make up the We Are West Ham uh, traditional threesome is none other than legendary striker Tony Cotty. So we hope you'll find that an adequate replacement. Uh, Me and Tom and James are still mates, of course. And if you need your fix of uh, of Mr. Edwards, then head on over to the School of Football, which is his podcast that many of you may have listened to already that he's uh, he started up on his own. But we send uh, Tom our best. By all means, thank him for uh, all the laughs and crazy Saeed Benrahma lovings that he came on the podcast with last season. It might not be uh, the end of him completely. You might still hear from him. Again, uh, but just wanted to let you know to kick off for the season that there will be far less Tom Edwards um, than you're than you got used to last season. Well, we hope you'll stick with us. Like I say, Tony Cotty next week, Quizmaster Reese, who's been a part of the podcast for a long time in the background, will have a more active role. But we'll bring you all of that news and uh, and more news as we have it and as we we update it. But some exciting things in the offing. For the podcast, nonetheless, number one, James Jones, being this fancy new software that we're using this season, do you think it will make our output any better? No. No. Um, I, know, <laughs> yeah. I know I've been banging the drum. Um, I know I've been banging the drum. Sam, we, we need to do, use something a little bit more a little bit more advanced than Zoom. Than We've Zoom, been using yeah. Zoom for a while over the last year, 18 months. And I just thought, yeah, let's try something a bit different. The one we're using at the moment. Uh, a little bit more complicated in terms of recording and, and stuff like that. But I think we may have got the hang of it. And um, if it works the way that we plan, then it means that post-production will be a lot easier for us and we can focus on getting everything that our listeners uh, love on social media, a lot more video clips on social media from our chats, um, a lot more on YouTube this year as well. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully... We're now three minutes into this recording, and I'm hoping it's it's recorded all three minutes of audio and video. We'll <laughs> Mate, it's going absolutely swimmingly so far. I mean, what a start <laughs> it's been. <laughs> I know, I know. Nah, that- that's uh, that's exactly it, mate, isn't it? Um, obviously, we have got the YouTube channel set up, uh, the Instagram, uh, Twitter profiles, all those sort of things. We've actually, James, uh, would you know what? I'll do a, I'll do a, a proper 
housekeeping in a minute. I know how much everyone used to love those last season. Uh, we'll do a proper housekeeping, but we have got a new Facebook page set up. So if you want to head on over there, that would be appreciated as well. But yeah, we hope that we've had all that set up last season, but it was uh, it was a little bit difficult to to do it smoothly, wasn't it? And and the summer break gave us a few a bit of a breathing space to to have a proper look and research and try about with a few things. So fingers crossed uh, that we are West Ham podcast mm-hmm. output across all platforms will be a little bit smoother. But for those of you, the retro old school amongst you, who just like listening to a podcast and nothing else, don't worry. We hope, or I was going to say we assure you, but at the moment we just hope that the uh, <laughs> the audio quality will be as good as ever. But um, yeah, providing it goes well tonight, then uh, happy days. And, and that will be with you as always um, every single week uh, in your podcast apps or wherever you currently listen to us. So Jonesy, how the hell are you, mate? I mean, we've done a couple of little chats, haven't we, over the summer? We did see each other last week, but this is our first full-blown, proper formatted We Are West Ham podcast of the new season. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. It's um, it's come around really quick, hasn't it? It seems like yesterday that we're all up in the studio doing our, our end-of-season review, uh, all singing and dancing about getting to Europe, and here we are. The Euros have been and gone. Um the Olympics have been and gone, and here we are now. What only a few days away from the start of the new season, and I'm I'm very very excited. It's been a cracking summer. We won't go into we won't go over old ground because I know you don't really like to talk about how good my summer's been. But um, looking forward to to moving on and, and enjoying enjoying the new season, and, and fingers crossed, West Ham and David Moyes can can do it all again. But this time this time on a bit of a European tour. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And we've definitely got that to look forward to, haven't we? Shall I shall I do my housekeeping now? I know you love it. I know all the listeners love it. Just listening to the administrative. I, I love it. I've missed it. I've missed it more than anything. <laughs> all right. Let's get straight into it. Right. So uh, first of all, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. Like James was saying just now, uh, we have all our updates on the Betway charity bets. Betway are with us again for another season. We raised more than £12,500 last year for the Bobby Moore Fund, Isla's Fight and the DT38 Dylan Tombides Foundation. Betway have joined up again, which is brilliant. So over on Twitter, we are underscore West Ham. You can get all the Betway updates each week. And as James was saying, this uh, software that we're using is going to allow us to get a lot more little bits of video content out, um, all of the, the, you know, lots more sound bites, little bits and pieces that just make our Twitter profile hopefully a bit more interesting and a little bit more stuff that um, that you, the We Are West Ham podcast listeners can engage with. So that's at We Are underscore West Ham on Twitter. Just search for the We Are West Ham podcast on youtube the links to all of these things by the way always go in the podcast description every week so if you just want to scroll down and find those you can we are on instagram as well and james jones you set up the inaugural we are west Ham podcast facebook page earlier today did you not so uh, i assume it is just the we are west Ham podcast facebook page is it is that what people have to do if they want to search us yeah yeah it's we are west Ham podcast i think you can it's at we are west Ham pod um, which is our it's called username, but if you just search We Are West Ham Podcast, you should be able to find us. But my last check, I set it up at about 6 o'clock this morning, Tuesday morning, um, and I think the last check around mid- midday, we had 15 likes. 15? So we're, we're massive. 15 <laughs> likes. So we're, we're absolutely massive at the moment on Facebook, really growing rapidly. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, if anyone didn't already know, we're we're huge. We're make, making huge waves in the the West Ham Facebook <laughs> podcast space. Exactly, mate. I don't know if I could deal with the fame. Quite honestly, that's uh, that might go to my head. Fifteen likes on Facebook, although that is already more than my personal profile gets. Uh, just a quick reminder as well: you can this season, if you so like, and thank you so much to the people who have already done so. You can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Me and James don't charge for our content. We enjoy what we do. Um, worth noting, of course, we've got absolutely no problem uh, at all with those who do. It's hard work for me and James and for all of the content providers out there. So, uh, yeah, for, for those of us um, who decide to, to charge, uh, makes perfect sense. But me and James decided to go down the route of um, you can just buy us a pint if you want to or chip in any of the money we've got goes towards equipment and podcast licenses and sorry, software licenses. As we, This is the first thing, James, that uh, the listeners actually might see a benefit from uh, from some of the stuff we've had coming in. So, yeah, buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham if you want to chip in. It's just a fiver is what it's set at. But you can uh, you can buy us as many or as few pints as you like. Um, and as always, those of you who don't want to or would rather not do that, more than happy to have you download the podcast for nothing every week as well. We love all of you equally. And this week... And as we hope for the rest of the season, we have signed a deal again with Football Prizes, who are the main sponsor of the podcast. They're an absolutely great little website, to be quite honest. And I'm not just saying that because they're paying us a little bit of bunts every month. Uh, You can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week over at footballprizes.co. UK. They've had signed Vladimir Soufal, Declan Rice, Jared Bowen, Paolo Di Canio stuff, Julian Dix up until now. There's been some great England bits over the summer. It's not just West Ham as well. Uh, a typical ticket for these raffles costs just two between two ninety five and five ninety five. Ninety nine tickets maximum usually get sold every week, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning some stuff. They do live draws and all that sort of thing as well. So it's a great little company to be involved in. That's footballprizes.co.uk. And we're really grateful to those guys, just as we are with Betway for supporting the podcast for another season. Grateful to all of you guys as well. So uh, yeah, follow us on social media. Don't forget all of that stuff. And links to all of that goes in the podcast each week. And I promise that should be the longest uh, housekeeping we do of the season. So Jonesy, I mean, where do we start? We, we know what's coming up on the show tonight. Um, we've got a Newcastle opposition view, our first one of the season. Chris Woff from The Athletic, their Newcastle correspondent. Me and you are going to have a little bit of a chat about the summer. We'll look ahead to that Newcastle game, some pre-season expectations from us. And what we're going to do, uh, we will normal weeks when normal services resume because we've got the big, big guest with Tony Cotty next week. That's an extra special episode. After that, the, the quiz will be back and the West Ham women's section will be back. The West Ham women, of course, don't start their season until September. So it's a little way off yet. Uh, so we're going to leave that until after the Tony Cotty episode when hopefully Quizmaster Reese is on board on a bit more of a permanent basis. And that's when we can set up the uh, the, the weekly quiz. We've got something pretty exciting in the offing, James, haven't we? Something very, very competitive 
indeed so uh, all of that will mm. be after the bonus episode with tony next week so jonesy over to you the summer has been a gone. England were phenomenal, of course. David Moyes gave us a club to be proud of last season. And then Gareth Southgate gave us a football team that the whole nation could be proud of this summer. The Premier League has swung back around already. Friday night, Arsenal kickoff against Bradford. I haven't even done any of my fantasy teams yet any of my dream teams, any of the predictor games that, that I normally uh, get stuck in with well in advance of the season kicking off. I'm not sure if I'm ready for it, quite frankly. Are you? No, I, I think I am. I think I think having fans back in the stadiums has kind of wet, wet the appetite a little bit more than perhaps it did this time last year. I think it seems like there's a little bit more of a buzz and, and being at the Euros final kind of gave me that that buzz back. That was the first game I've been to since what our last game before COVID, home game against COVID, before COVID against Southampton in February. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I am ready for it. I'm looking forward to just. Um, I was talking to my brother about it the other day actually that there's nothing better than getting home from work on like a random, I don't know, Wednesday night, and then flicking on the TV and seeing like a random League One game, like I don't know, Coventry v. <laughs> Rotherham or something and just going yeah that would do me for tonight crack a beer open and just watch like any football um, really and so yeah like I just it's, there's something about like as the season goes on and on and like watching like football in the winter and like when you not just going but just randomly turning Sky Sports on and just seeing a random game of football and going yeah I'll have a little bit of that and um, yeah I'm just getting excited for it I'm going out on Friday night with my brother to, to watch Arsenal Brentford um, so that at the I'm ground, looking forward to that. To just yeah, getting back. No, nah, just just to the pub. Um, but just just getting back in amongst it all and buzzing to get over to to London Stadium because I haven't been yet. I haven't been. Um, the last time I was there, I scored. Uh, I thought I'd drop that one in there. Um, <laughs> but I haven't watched. I haven't watched a game there since February 2020. So, um, I'm looking forward to to getting back over there. So I'm ready for it, mate. I'm buzzing, and you're not ready for it. No, you know what? I think it's just been, especially with the Olympics as well, it's just been a pretty intense old period. You're the same as me. We both work in uh, in the sports media industry uh, in slightly different roles, but we, we both work in, in the same field. And, you know, my job has been, it was Premier League, straight into the Euros, straight into the Olympics. It'll be Paralympics before you know it as well, which is obviously going to overlap slightly with the start of, the Premier League season. It's been a bit of uh, trying to buy a house as well at the moment. It's just been a bit of a uh, relentless time, you know, when you just feel like you need a breather. And But saying all of that, I went over to the London Stadium on Saturday for the uh, Atalanta game. I was at Brentford the week before. And yeah, all of that feeling that I need a bit of a rest completely went out the window. I mean, both both games, it was just wonderful to just sit there, and I I got so bored of all the cliches as well. Hearing people say how good it is to have fans back, um, but I must admit, there it, it just sort of it tickled my soul quite nicely when I was just sitting there, little bit of a low key beer <laughs> buzz on both times, little bit of an alcohol haze, just listening to to West Ham fans sing "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." 
Uh, and just fans cheering, you know, just when like the best ones when like players get into attacking thirds and everyone goes shoot and then blazed it over the bar and everyone goes oh as if it was well close when it clearly <laughs> wasn't. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I say actually being back in the stadium a couple of times, mate, um, has pushed all of that uh, out the window and. You know, it's exciting stuff. West Ham, Newcastle, first game of the season again, just as it was last season. We all expected a win. Uh, obviously, we'll go into it in a little bit more detail with that later. But, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's exciting times. Just buzzing not to have a top six team, really, first game, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. But then, if you get anything like last season uh, is to go by, then, yeah, we're probably going to lose again. We don't we don't start seasons very well. Um, I, know, I know we'll get into it, but... Yeah, I don't think it really matters if we play. We could be playing boring wood and we'd probably still lose. The negativity <laughs> started again, mate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nah, nah, we're not letting any of that creep in, mate. We are got a European campaign to look forward to under possibly the best manager, well, certainly the best manager we've had since Slaven Bilic. And, uh, you know, so, sort of he's oh, top three. Um, along in the Pardew and Redknapp bracket here with, uh, for me, is David Moyes. Absolutely sterling job he's done. Great professional, great man to be leading the club. So there's still some time in the transfer market. I don't care what anyone says. Some of the big deals are going through, which could uh, could trigger a few deals and could see West Ham spring into action. Yes, that is more blind, stupid optimism rather than based on any uh, <laughs> any sort of information or feeling that West Ham will actually do much in the transfer market. But until there's negativity uh, that we can't ignore, James, we're going to have a positive vibe on the We Are West Ham podcast, at least for the next few weeks of the season, or at least until the weekend and we lose to Newcastle at St. James's Park. Well, look, let's um, let's see if we can slip back in uh, to the usual format, Jonesy, of, of doing the sections like people are used to. I uh, don't think I mentioned it in my little um, uh, sort of intro there, but we will do the Brentford reaction next. So let's uh, see if we can remember how we do a podcast usually, shall we, mate, rather than just chatting away. Atalanta or Brentford? Uh, no, we'll go Atalanta. So basically everything I just said about seeing if we can get back into the swing of things, uh, that's fallen at hurdle one because <laughs> I've already forgotten who we played most recently. Absolutely fantastic. Right. This could be it for the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So I'll tell you what, we won't do Brentford reaction next. We'll do Atalanta reaction. Stay with us. So there we have it, Jonesy, uh, probably the longest housekeeping of the season. Fingers crossed, or certainly everyone listening will be hoping that is the case. We'll give you little reminders every week, I promise, but nothing too intense. Now, Jonesy, after that near flawless start from me just now, how saying, you know, looking forward to getting back in the swing of things. Uh, and then about four seconds later, I say, right, Brentford reaction coming up next, even though we've already done the Brentford reaction on last week's podcast. And in fact, West Ham's most recent opponent was Atalanta and I was at the game, which makes it all the more embarrassing. You declined an invite from me to come with me to the Brentford game and the Atalanta game. Um, did you manage to see any of it, any highlights and do you regret your decision? Declined is a, is a strong description of, or, or an unfair description as to what the reason why I couldn't go. But did I, did I invite you? Yes. Did you? Come? You invited no. me. Chad, Chad invited me. Some mates invited me. 
Um, so popular, mate. I know, and I had to say decline. no to everyone. Decline. decline. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I suppose I did have to decline, but it, it wasn't. It, I, I desperately wanted to go. I, I did. I really, really wanted to go, but I couldn't. So it meant that I missed out, but I was keeping an eye on it. Obviously, I didn't get the chance to watch any of it, but I've seen the extended highlights. Um, and I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing Saeed Ben Rama next season. I'm, I'm on the bandwagon now. Yeah. I'm on the bandwagon. You're the, it's absolutely class. You're the new Tom Edwards, are you? I am, yeah. Like, genuinely excited to see what he can do for us. But Wow. Yeah, totally agree, mate. No, I totally agree. And I think we've said, you know, on the ones we've done over the summer that um we're confident he can step up and uh and, and fill fill Lingard's boots. Whether or not it'll be as effective as quickly, that's yet to be seen. And when the Premier League comes round rather than pre-season, you know, if there's still those frustrating uh, last ball uh, final decisions that are that are letting him down, that will be disappointing. But all you ask for, all I ask for, I'm, I've said it all along, whenever I've been critical of any players, really, there's always the door open for them to redeem themselves, um, unless your name's Felipe or Sebastien. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, I think the same with same with Ben Rama, to be quite honest. I, you know, I don't think he was good enough to get in the team last season, no matter what people kept saying that doesn't mean I hate him forever and I never want to see him in the West Ham shirt again I, I think he was a, a, a promising signing I'm excited that we've got him on board now that's why I don't think that attacking midfield position the Mateus Pereira's or whoever it was that we were looking at is anywhere near as important as centre forward or centre midfield or centre back for that matter but uh, you know those first two in particular um so yeah he was absolutely phenomenal again he was he was good at Brentford obviously he scored a nice goal as well and uh, you know, he, he sort of looked nice and neat and tidy and yeah, it was, it was good to see, but yeah, Atalanta, he was stunning. He was absolutely everywhere. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Fornell's goal was a, a complete fluke there. I mean, it wouldn't have gone in if Fornell's hadn't have deflected. It, it wasn't like Ben Rama's header was rifling for the top corner, but yeah, he looks really up for it, Jonesy. And I think he was pretty humble, wasn't he? For most of last season, he gave an interview after the game and Antonio, you still have seen the video. He's on fire. He's on fire. And brilliant. And I really hope he, he does step up. We've said, haven't we, whether or not, you know, we're, we're going to be facing a lot of games this season, aren't we? Or hopefully if we go as far as we'd like to in these competitions, um, can he do that for every single game is yet to be seen, but it certainly looks promising, doesn't it? It does, and I think it's come at a really, really good time given Lingard's not coming back, or at the moment it's not coming back. So we really either needed to get in, get in the market and get someone in to replace him. Mateus Pereira's made the odd decision to go to Saudi Arabia. Um, so we've missed out on him. So therefore, it was like, well, there's no one really in the market that we know of that can come in and do that role. Um, so the fact that Saeed Benrahma looks like he can play that that role that Lingard did um, to a degree and effectively, I think it's really, really promising. The, the only trouble is, is that we've only got one player in that position. We kind of, we lack squad depth elsewhere and the, the team as it is. So um, if he can stay fit for the whole season and keep up that form, you know, he's not going to play like Messi every game, but, um, you know, do pretty well for, for the entire season. Then I'm, I'm sure that he can, you know, 
contribute for goals and assists to a level that will will ensure that we have a good season. But um, but yeah, it's exciting that we've got a player that can that's going to step in and, and have that sort of season. And particularly given that he struggled for minutes last year as well, and a lot of fans are really calling for him to get more game time. And it looks like he's going to get that. It looks like David Moyes has, um, has you know got the best out of him in pre-season and, and seen what he, what he is capable of when he's high in confidence. And I think that's the key thing with Ben Rama. If he's, if he's confident, he'll play well. And I think at the moment, we've, 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 we're seeing him at the peak of confidence, which is great. Mm. I must admit, Jonesy, as well, for a team, I was expecting a lot more from Atalanta. For a team who finished third in Serie A last season and will be playing... Champions League football this campaign, I, I did expect a lot more from them. I don't know if it was just West Ham playing particularly well. We did play very well. And if, if as you hope, and that is the point of pre-season, that just seamlessly uh, carries into the Premier League campaign and we get off and, and run in against Newcastle on Sunday in that fashion, then happy days. Uh, we'd, Again, I can't really tell you if we made Atalanta look bad or they just had an off day or it wasn't their strongest squad or whatever. Uh, Duvan Zapata come on at the end, the perennial uh, West Ham transfer link, isn't he? Just when um, every single summer when some website or another fancies a few more clicks and they've been getting, they whack up a Duvan Zapata to West Ham story. Um, Yeah, he looked all right. When he come on, he was only played for about half an hour, I think, in the end. But from a West Ham point of view, I thought Pablo Fornells looked nice and composed, as he always does, as is his way. Uh, Jared Bowen come off the bench. Uh, the, everyone played nice and tidy, really. Fabianski did all right. Alfonso Ariola got um, about half an hour at the end. Marky Noble came on and got a rapturous reception from the home crowd. Um, I would say, I don't know, I haven't seen the official attendance, but... It felt like there was about, I don't know, just maybe 30,000 in there, maybe a little bit less than that on a sunny afternoon in East London. Uh, well, sunny for five minutes, then chucking it down with rain because the whole world's blowing up at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, all in all, though, mate, it was it was nice to be back. We played really well. Are you, uh, again, not to fall into that easy trap, uh, certainly as a West Ham fan, of being unnecessarily cynical and going, well, last time we were unbeaten in pre-season, because I'm one that mean, thinks pre-season means absolutely nothing, certainly results-wise. Um, what do you do? You think, if any, it will have an impact on, on the upcoming Premier League season? I'm with you in that results in pre-season are irrelevant, but performances are important fitness is important obviously that's what they're there for um and i think we we can take a lot of confidence in the level of performances that the team's put in throughout the summer um regardless of whether i'm beaten or not particularly in the last sort of three the last three friendlies against celtic brentford and atalanta i think the, all three performances were very very good um and i think that the team will take a lot of confidence in that going into the new season yeah, we still need one or two new faces in. And ideally, we would have had them before pre-season started, or at least with a few games for them to bed in before the season proper starts. But I think we can only be confident that, you know, the players have taken a lot of confidence, the manager's taken a lot of confidence of, you know, you're turning over a Champions League team, 2-0. Two, um, two Champions League teams, if you include Celtic in that. 
Um, although they're not the Champions I, League I, this year. Yeah, I out, don't. I but, don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's clutching a little bit, to be fair. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, the the currently Europa League team might end up being a Conference League Conference League team by the end of their qualifying campaign. But they're still, you know, they still play in the Champions League occasionally. Um, so we've played, we've played, we've played well in all of those games, um, and it's it's can only be a good thing regardless we, we could have lost all those games and still played well and the players would probably still take a lot of confidence in the results are kind of just a byproduct of you know, mm. good performances getting fit and, and good performances so so yeah I'm I'm quietly confident of going into the new season you know raring to go and I'm sure the players are as well because yeah it's been it's been quite a pleasing summer yeah absolutely mate yeah Declan uh Declan led the team out as well, and he looked in reasonable shape. He didn't look too too sluggish at all. Um, Aaron Cresswell, good to see him. He looks fresh and sharp as ever. And it, it's funny, isn't it? And what a couple of seasons ago, you wouldn't have been excited about seeing Aaron Cresswell again, would you? It was very much uh, his time's coming to an end. I think he's he's past his peak. He's, his best days are behind him. But one of the best seasons we've seen from him in. West Ham shirt last season, wasn't it? Almost like of Cresswell of old before that horrible injury robbed him of of his pace. He's he's matured as a player now. He looked pretty sharp at the weekend. A few cute little pictures of him posted by the club afterwards on all the social media platforms. Big Virgil van Dorsen looked absolutely like a rock at the back, not letting anything pass him whatsoever. Um, and Issa Diop looked as, as shaky as ever. But even Ryan Fredericks come on and looked all right. Even he took it yeah, past really. a couple of people and got the assist. He played a big role in the... He assisted the assist, didn't he, for the second goal? So was it goal, a pre-assist so. or an actual assist? I think it was a pre-assist. I mean, well, mm. I mean, you could call it an actual assist because Ben Rama can't really take the assist for that, can he? Ah, well, yeah, I, mean, I suppose. He's, he's yeah, edited goalless and... But, but, yeah, I mean, he did... It, uh, Fredericks... Uh, work rate for that goal and what he did to get around the around the fullback to get across him, superb. You know more of that place because mm. we don't see a lot of him. But when he does play, I think I've always thought he's he's a relatively safe pair of hands. Who Frederick? So, um, yeah, I've never I've never oh. thought oh Corey's terrible. If I had the time, um, he, I'd he, dig back through the he, We Are Stam archives and I'd make. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm no, not no, sure no. If I'm I've, that. I've, I've never had a pop at Fredericks. I've, I mean, I've been a safe pair I've of been, hands. I mean, he's not a starter, definitely not a starter. And he has been underwhelming when you consider when we signed him and everyone was going, oh, he's a pace merchant and you know, he's, he's, he's going to be so good. And can't believe we managed to get him on a free. And he hasn't been, he hasn't lived up to expectations in, in that regard. But I still think he's a, a relatively safe pair of hands in, in that position. Um, mm. and you can't convince me otherwise. And nope. yeah, he, he did all right against Atalanta. Well, Fair enough. Well, Suchi and Sufi looked absolutely phenomenal as well, particularly Sufal. I mean, he was just boshing around. I've never seen a man so pleased to be back at the London Stadium in all my life. He was delighted. Bless loves him. it, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely does. Yeah. yeah, got a good reception as he came off in the second half as well. Um, yeah, all in all, mate, I think it was it was a it was a nice day, a nice performance. West Ham played really well, and again, you you can't ask for more. Really, winning the Betway Cup for correct me if I'm wrong, just the second time in nine years, I believe. I think it's that. Um, so it's very West Ham to only win our own competition. 
that many times. I did see someone tweet the other day, buzzing that we finally won the Betway Cup the same amount of times as Werder Bremen. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a lovely day. Lovely to see Chad Yeomans from Betway, who we'll speak to later on, present the trophy to Mark Noble at the end. Bless him, his, his moment in the spotlights. So we'll ask him about that later on. But yeah, all in all, mate, I mean, Mikel Antonio's goal at the end of the first half in almost typical Will Pugh fashion I missed um, went there with my dad had a nice day at the football together and just said uh, oh, should we but, I mean nothing's going to happen is it we'll just nip inside get ahead of the head of the queue and we'll, we'll get another beer in um, yeah and I don't often do that I try and get out of the habit if I can but I thought oh, nothing's happening here literally just got in uh, got in the queue and uh, there goes the cheer so yeah um it was all in all, mate. It's positive stuff, isn't it? There's there's not a lot else you can really say from that side of things. Is there anything sort of, can you find any concerns outside of just transfer activity? I, I suppose that's the only thing really, isn't it? That it's sort of, I don't want to be one of those people saying, because I'm not, that doesn't think we need to buy more players. Uh, that doesn't mean that I I have doubts or am feeling negative about the players that are in our squad. Far from it, actually. I think we've got to remember those players got us to where we were last season. I am 100% want to see more bodies come in before the end of the window. However, the players we've got look in good nick and they look like they can produce similar uh, to what they they were doing last season, if you can take anything from pre-season, obviously. Yeah, I don't think there's any concerns with, the, with this, obviously the squad that we've got is absolutely fine. It, there are areas that probably do need strengthening a little bit, but as you said, this is the this is the squad that got us to where we are this season. This is the squad that will deserve to play in the Europa League in September when our first game comes. Um, so yeah, the, aside from the fact that we're we're worryingly weak in terms of squad depth in a number of positions, uh, I'm, I'm, I have full <laughs> aside from that. <laughs> So yeah, but I mean, I have yeah. full full trust in the squad that we've got so far to to start the season well and mm. start the season where we left off, and you know, really really push on. But they will all do their bit, saw, won't they? They will all do their bit, and as yeah. we saw last season, you know, one or two injuries to big players, and it begins to get a little bit worried, a little bit shaky. So I really want to see some sort of business getting done in the, in the next couple of weeks. But as for the current squad, you know, backing them all the way. Heroes, yeah. yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Well, look, we'll uh, we're not going to do uh, a transfer section this week because it sort of it comes across like we're just <laughs> sort of taking a mick, really. Um, yeah, we'll again, we're trying not to be too angry too soon either. There's some big deals in the offing in the transfer market, which you'd hope, uh, sort of kick off a bit of a, a bit of a chain, certainly if Chelsea bring. Um, Lukaku in then that'll mean Tammy Abraham will almost certainly move on Arsenal might do a bit of business Lacazette might go blah 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 there might be a bit of a domino effect uh, the Milenkovic deal from Fiorentina West Ham the centre-back looks like it's edging closer Jonesy doesn't it um, do you know really uh, sort of can you update us at all on that save doing a whole transfer section well no it, it, this is a bit up in the air there's some people's saying that it's, it's all but done other people saying it's not as far as other people are reporting uh, still a bit to do so uh, as, far, as far as I'm aware the deal will get done 
Mm. It's just no one really knows how far along the deal is in terms of being completed. So, um, yeah. but as I understand it, the deal is going to happen. But anything can happen, particularly where West Ham is concerned. So, he's not a West Ham West Ham player until he's a West Ham player. No, absolutely, mate. Well, fingers crossed that he will be by the time we speak next week. And uh, we will do, don't worry, we will do the the angry, furious episode at West Ham's lack of transfer activity, if it is needed. But um, in our opinion, it's not needed just yet. We did the same thing in January and we went off on one uh, after that transfer window. So if you're expecting more of that content, don't worry. It is coming if we uh, if we bring no extra players in. But we're... Willing to be a little bit patient at the moment after the busy summer it's been and uh, hope that any business, as does sometimes happen in transfer windows, perhaps transfer windows of old, but I uh, hope it's all a little bit more last minute, if at all. But uh, that was the Atlanta Atalanta reaction, not the Brentford reaction, like I told you it was going to be earlier on. Stay with us for part two, where we'll have some season expectations from me and Big James Jones. Jonesy, I uh, finally uh, got the hang of figuring out who it was West Ham played most recently, which I think will set us in good stead for the podcast uh, this season. We've got Newcastle in our very next game to kick off our Premier League campaign Sunday afternoon at two o'clock at St. James's Park. We'll speak to Chris Woff from The Athletic a Newcastle correspondent later on to get his thoughts on that. Chad from Betway for our first round of charity bets for the season, which is exciting stuff. But looking ahead to the season, Jonesy, we have covered it a bit long term. So I just wanted to nail in on it, um, you know, before before we start, as far as expectations for the season goes, uh, we have we have covered it really. So just give us a I want to I want a brief overview from you about what you think would be a good season, um, and then I'm going to ask you a bit more, a couple more individual ones about you know who you think the star star of the campaign is going to be, players we might lose, players we could do about, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But as far as just the nuts and bolts of it goes, uh, just give us a recap on on what you what you would like to see, but also what I want to hear what you actually expect as well from league, Europa League, and the cups. I'll start with what what I what, what I'd like to see, and what I think we should be we should be looking for and aiming for is at least the top ten finish. I think you know um, it's it's going to be a tight league this year. I think three or four teams are going to be out for the title. There's going to be a lot of teams battling it out in the bottom half of the table. So if we can avoid any kind of scramble in the bottom half of the table and um, throughout the season and, and being the top ten, I think you know that that should be seen as as having a pretty solid season. Anything above there, and it's a bonus in my eyes. I think this season, um, the key for me is just building on on previous uh, on last season, just making sure that we don't do what we always do and follow up a good season with a bad season. I think now's the time to really start getting a little bit of consistency, start building a platform for 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 the future, and that's how you grow as a football club. Um, that's what Leicester have done, and look what look what they're doing now. Um, so we should be looking to do do a very similar thing. Um, and it, and for the Europa League, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, getting out of the group would be amazing if we can get out of the group. We don't know who we've got yet. I think the draws in a couple of weeks, so probably have a better idea. Then it's difficult to really gauge it until you know who's going to be in your group. Um, I, talk, I say that as if I've got experience but, of being in group stage football. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult to call until, until you do get, until you know you got. Um, I don't know what seed we are either. 
So we could. We're get... quite low. I think we're third from bottom. I checked the other day. I think yeah, we're third so from bottom. That's yeah. it's gonna be one one rubbish team and two half decent teams, probably. Um mm. so if we get out of the group, for me that's you know, getting to the knockout rounds, and then I think that should be seen as a bit of a success. And um and if the domestic cups um a cup running the league cup would be nice. Say it every year. The League Cup's the one that every club like West Ham should be trying to win every single season. Stop it. Stop it. It's why aren't you trying to win I've that? Told you this why, but why, why aren't we trying to win it? Oh, of course we're trying to win it. Everyone's trying to win it. But then we always well, we mm. don't always play good teams to be fair. But that that's such a stupid I mean, thing. The, that really gets on my nerves. Or well, we should you, you all say clubs that. should be trying to win that. Yes, all clubs are trying to win it. Well, Namely, I mean, I'm, I'm, the bigger clubs who are better than us with deeper squads. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of clubs that, that the, the likes of Man City do it properly. They'll still play a strong side. I mean, they can play the under 15. Yeah, well, that's the problem, everyone. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, but you, you've got other clubs that will they'll field the youth team or, or or put out seven youngsters and give six six of those youngsters a debut. Um, you're not telling me that those those clubs are trying to win win the competition. Like, what what are you doing? Um. There's a lot of teams every season that will do that, and it'll happen again. I think the first, second round or the first round in, in, in the next week or so, yeah. it's going to happen again. Yeah, but it's so, because you know, mate, it's because the winners get like a, a fish and chip dinner and a six case of Carabao energy drinks for winning. What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, what's wrong with that? No, I'm just what? saying that's that's why, isn't it? It's because it's not yeah, worth anything I, to anyone. And if you've got a like us or like any other Premier League teams, you've got a fairly thin squad. And you know, you, you and it's a packed season. I'm I, mate, I'm for you. I'd love to see us win the, the league cup, but just the way it's all set up now, it's just you know, we've got half a chance to be fair uh, of getting to a semi. But again, yeah. I said last week, mate, I just as long as we go out to someone who's decent and isn't going to make headlines, that's all a, a non headline making exit, lose to Everton away like last season, fine, Man United yeah. in the cup. Fine, no problem with those two things at all. But don't give me a Gillingham and Oxford or a Wimbledon. I think the prize for winning the FF of winning the League Cup is exactly the same as winning the FA Cup, European football. Hmm. I thought you were going financially. I like it. Um, I mean, financially, regardless of whether you win the league, I mean, it's peanuts compared to what you could earn if you finish fourth in the Premier League yeah, and yeah. get into the Champions League. Like financially, the only Clubs that benefit financially from the domestic cups are the the the, the smaller clubs that get their their, their day in TV mm. and they might get an old Sutton will go to Old Trafford and get a payday. Mm. But other than that, like you're not. This this the prize is the same. So why aren't bigger clubs or not the top four, not the top six, but clubs like West Ham, Newcastle, Everton? Going for going yeah, for the but, league no, cup. No, no, it's, no. It's, it's it's an easier competition to win than the FA Cup. Uh, well, you say that. I mean, Man City have won like the last ninety three of them, so it's not not that easy at all. No, I I know what you mean, but I think the idea that you know you you play I don't know Arsenal at the weekend and then you've got a game the following week against Everton, for example the idea that you put your full strength team out on the Tuesday and then if you don't and then lose the, oh, what the hell, well, I should be going full strength team, blah, blah, blah. You'd hope that, that our weakened teams are... It is very much a secondary competition, isn't it? Let's put it that way. But look, are you on the same page as me as far as 
um you don't want you don't you know all, all i care about if we it doesn't really matter what yeah. round yeah just yeah, go yeah. out to someone who's who's bigger and better the europa league yeah qualifying draw jonesy um sorry the group stage draw is the 27th of august so a little over two weeks to go until we find out who we play in that uh group stage match day one which is 16th of september uh, match day two on the 30th we'll have played our first three opponents by the 21st of october uh 4th of november and the 25th and match days four and five before the very final one uh our final group stage campaign uh, match is on 9th of december uh that's exciting josie i'm with you really uh, so do you think it's unreasonable to expect west ham to finish in the same league position again I think it's unreasonable to to expect it. Um, I think it's very unlikely this season. Does that think, suggest you thought last season was a fluke, or no? I don't think last season was a fluke. Um, absolutely no way did we fluke it. Um, I think we were quite fortunate that one or two clubs had had off seasons. But mate, um, yeah, I'm not scared of Arsenal or Tottenham this season. No, I'm not either. Um, and both of those sides had poor seasons. And Everton um, really improved, did they, in the summer? Everton, Everton had, had a poor season, you know, based on what they would have wanted to to achieve under Ancelotti. Um, so I've got we, a worse we manager relatively, now. Yeah, we were, we were relatively fortunate that um, some of those clubs did have bad seasons and we capitalised on it. And, you know, that was the great thing about it is that years gone by, we, we hadn't capitalised on things like that. Um, so, so, yeah, but I think this season's a completely different kettle of fish with fans back in stadiums. Um, it's, yeah, and the likes of Chelsea smashing, smashing the cash, City smashing the cash, um, United doing the same. I think it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish at the top of, top end of that table. So top 10, I think, should be the minimum. What, whatever, whatever, if there's anything higher than that, then I think we should see that as a bonus. If we do finish in the top six again, then happy days. Obviously, we're going to be buzzing, but I don't think we should be expecting that. I think it'd be unfair to expect that from the team this season. No, you know what, mate? I think we should have and should be expecting it from the club. Not not David Moyes, but, like we've but, covered already. I Because I think top eight is a reasonable thing. After coming sixth, like the, the idea that you're quite happy to drop four places just because you've got a minimum of six extra games, that what should be happening... Is that we should be improving our squad in order that it can absorb those extra games and maintain there or thereabouts the same levels that got us there last season. That's what we should be doing. I won't be blaming if we go into the start of the season with the squad numbers we've got now, maybe one or two extra bodies, and we don't end up finishing in the top eight again. I won't my none of my ire will be aimed at David Moyes or, or the players, obviously, depending unless they you know, his tactics just go completely awry or or people start not putting in a shift, you know, obviously, unless it's the obvious. But if if Moyes and the players do the same as they did last season and that only gets us 10th because of the extra burden of games, there's, there's only one direction the finger of blame can be pointed in, isn't there? But yeah. well, I think as a club and fans, we should be expecting to finish eighth. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um and I'm sure David Moyes and his players will be aiming for a very, very similar season. But I think we've got, we've got to stay realistic. If we go by, I agree with you that, you know, the football club should be aiming to finish in the top six again, or at least the top eight. 
Um, if we go by what the football club is planning to do, we would have won the league three times since we moved into that stadium and we haven't done it um, based on what they keep telling us how great we're going to be. Hmm. Um, and that hasn't happened. So I don't think we can expect too much from the ambitions of the football club hmm. um, outside of the squad and, and, and the coaching staff. Um, so we have to go by what the squad and the coaching staff are capable of. Yeah. I think last year they were, they were they were fortunate given the circumstances of the season. Um, but they played and they deserved to be in that top six. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I think if they do the same again this year and put in the same, if we get the same amount of points we did last season, next season, I don't think it'd be enough for top six. No, no. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair. I just think I just think we've got nothing to be scared of of Arsenal or of Tottenham this season. Uh, and I think if we go out and you know it's like both of them clubs. You mentioned fans being back, and I am a little bit doubtful. I know it was a bit of a hot topic among West Ham fans. Uh, I am a little bit concerned and I hope that all the people, the naysayers that said, um, you know, West Ham not having a crowd in help them because at times the West Ham fans can be, um, yeah, put more pressure on the players or do do more harm than good. I, to be honest, I, I, you know, I, there is an element of me that subscribes to that a little bit, not as much as some of the others, but I certainly don't think it's the most ridiculous notion ever, like some people are quick to suggest. Um, but I think it'll be the same at Tottenham. With that. Imagine the mood at Tottenham. I mean, whatever happens with Harry Kane, really, there's going to be a bit of a poisonous mood there. Right? They managed to tie Sun down to a new contract, but whoopee, that's not... Without Kane, who is he? Uh, so mm. if Kane does end up going, then there's going to be fury because you don't know how much time they're going to have to spend the money. Uh, and if he doesn't end up going, you would worry what sort of performances he's going to be putting in because he's obviously not going to be happy. Arsenal, I mean, you saw how tragic they were last season. Is there anything to fear? Is Aubameyang going to turn it around again? You only need a, f- a couple of them to have a dodgy start. Uh, their crowds are going to be on them as much, if not more, than than any West Ham crowd will. So, no, I'd, I think I'm with you. I think top 10 would I'd be all right with that. Begrudgingly, begrudgingly I would. Um, if we get through the group stage of the Europa League, that'd be that'd be brilliant. And then, like I say, domestic cups is what it is. If we get through the group stage, I'll be absolutely delighted with that. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, but I, I do think after that, as fans, we should make sure we point our you know desires and frustrations, whatever they might be, in the right direction. When your club finishes sixth. I'll keep banging this drum until I'm, I don't know, until the day I die or until the day that West Ham, uh, the club start delivering to the fans who were wrenched away from Upton Park. This is what we were promised. No one should be like, this is what's annoyed me a bit about last season. And this sort of like reveling in it and laughing as if it's like, oh, we won't be here for long. It's like, no, what's a, come on. Like this, we should be like, we shouldn't be taking it as if this, like treating it as this novelty ride for like, oh, look, West Ham are going to play some of the big boys once and no, oh, we better make the most of this. So like, no, that's not the attitude you should be having. You should, we should be, this should be normal. This should be normal that we should be challenging. All right, maybe not getting in it year, every single year, but we should always be in the question. We should always be going down to the last two or three games in a season in with a sniff at European competition of some sort. That was the deal, remember? So, you know, the I'm not really in it for the novelty ride. And that is why that, you know, if we don't put ourselves in a position to 
uh, at least at least sort of achieve there or thereabouts within one or two league positions the same and then make a success of the additional European competition. That is why I'll be, I will be annoyed and, and disappointed once again at the end of the transfer market if that hasn't happened. I agree. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, there we go then. <laughs> we, we were promised it. We, we were promised what, what we were about to experience. We were actually promised better. Um, well, so precisely. I mean, I'd like to think that this isn't a one-off. Um, that's not to say we're going to be in it every year, but I'd like to think that, you know, now over the coming coming seasons, this won't be just a, I remember when we were in the Europa League group stages. I think yeah, exactly, that, you know, mate. Un, under under Moyes and, um, and the squad that he's got and what he's building and the, the project that he's building at the club, I, I do believe that he can get us there again. Mm. How he gets us there is a different matter. Uh, maybe if he might had a, had a go at the League Cup and won that, we'd get back into it. I don't <laughs> <know>. but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I have full faith in 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 Moyes and the, the squad. And if he if he's backed in the transfer window, even better to to continue growing. It is what we were promised, or or partly what we were promised, and we should be now looking to the club to to build on that. Whether it happens or not is a different matter, but. Absolutely. Let's mate. just enjoy the season and see what yeah. happens. Exactly right. Start star of the season. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to have a big, big campaign for West Ham? Uh, I think it'll be Ben Rama. Yep. He's the one, he's the one everyone's looking at. Yeah, I like your idea there. You know what? I'm going to go rogue again. I think it was one of his best campaigns for a while last season, anyway, for different reasons. But I fancy a new look Manuel Lanzini to be a man that we all grow to appreciate once again. I don't think it will be week in, week out. I think when he does play in that deeper lion role, he'll help us unlock those teams who are willing to just sit back and and uh, try and defend and get a point against, you know, what will be considered for lots of teams this year, a giant killing against West Ham or a, a very decent point. So, yeah, I fancy Manuel Lanzini to uh, make us all fall in love with him once again, if at all we have ever fallen out in love with him and uh one man james who you think perhaps by the end of the season will be looking to see the back of or who's perhaps not going to have um uh, an, a stunning season or won't have quite as much of an impact as as we'd like i hate to say it but i think that might be craig dawson cool oh how can you say it now oh i'd never i'd I'd never want to see the back of the, the, the great man, what a wonderful man he is. But I, I don't know. I just think that with if Milinkovic does come in, <coughs> is he part? Is he a first type? Is he a first choice starter with Milinkovic? Potentially Bonner. Um, I'm not going to say Diop as much as I think Diop's good enough. He's just still too shaky for my liking. Um, I don't. I don't. I just don't see how he stays in our team beyond this season maybe beyond the next three or four months uh, I'm not only talking about this money. campaign yeah yeah fair enough um, so say fair so enough yeah, it's by, not fair enough by, at all by, by the end of by the end of this coming season I think we'll be looking at Dawson going look thanks mate you've, you've been a, like a legend but it's time to move on oh god and I, I say heard. that with I say that with, I wish I say that with a real heavy heart yeah, I said it. I said it with a real heavy heart, and I'm going to cry myself to sleep 
oh. after saying that tonight. But uh, um, I, I, it's, it's the way I see it going, and I'm pretty sure there there'll be listeners who agree, um, also begrudgingly. No, you can't. You, you don't want to see the back of him, but I think we will see the back of him. Oh God, I'm not going to ask questions like that anymore. That's horrible. Um, well, mine was going to be um, a man you you mentioned just then. Um, it seems like a bit of an easy one, but I think it's a diop. I think this could be the campaign that confirms that uh, a departure from West Ham is the best situation for all parties. If Milenkovic comes in, um, I know he's people still talk about his age. But I think, you know, he's, he's sort of on a reasonable contract at West Ham as well. I still think if he's not doing it by January, alone might not be the worst thing. I know we need numbers this season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that by the end of the season, it might be one of those where we go, look, I think we've been patient enough now. Um, time to move him on and uh, say thanks for your efforts. Because uh, again, same sort of reasons, really. I mean, Dawson's come and, and shown what it takes to be a successful defender at West Ham. And he's done, Dawson's come and just done the simple things well, hasn't he? He's been nine and 10 out of 10s at the simple stuff. He's put his body on the line. He, you know, all of those cliche things. He hasn't done anything with any frills really, has he? He's gone up for corners, Mm. got his head on a few um, and been a trouble in both boxes and been impossible to get round and then, you know, made himself hard. I must be horrible playing against him. And mm-hmm. there's no way if you're a Premier League centre forward going to play West Ham and you see it's a Diop on the starting lineup, you think, oh, I'm in for a hard afternoon. And that's the sort of team that, that David Moyes is trying to create. And I don't think it's a Diop fits that mould. Yeah. Jonesy, that's it. That was a great little recap on our season reviews. Um, let's talk to Chad, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, first Betway charity bets of the season. Chad Yeomans coming up next. All right. So what a start it's been to the We Are West Ham podcast, the first proper podcast of the season. Uh, Big, bold season expectations from James Jones there. And another big, bold friend of ours is Chad Yeomans from Betway. Chad, I'm delighted to have you back for the new season. And you being here, of course, means what we've uh, known for a while now is that Betway have agreed to sign up as the We Are West Ham podcast charity partner again for another season. It was a roaring success Last year, mate, more than £12,500 raised for the Bobby Moore Fund, Isla's Fight and the DT38 Foundation. Thanks, uh, of course, to to you and the guys over at Betway for putting up the charity bets each and every week. And we finally got the hang of it, didn't we? We had a few barren spells in there, but a couple of big ones that came home and and pulled in all that cash. Lovely to see you, mate. Uh, Looking forward to the new season. Yeah, look, guys, great. Thanks for having me on the podcast tonight. And, and great to be on it again and great to be able to support what you're doing throughout the season. Hopefully, we've set the bar now at 12 and a bit grand. We need to get more than that for this season. We know what we're doing now. Uh, Will, is it going to be another Ogbonna special that's going to get you off the mark this season, do you reckon? Well, he was my man. I got two bets, didn't I, from him last season in quite spectacular fashion both times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that did work out for me last season. He didn't play at the uh, at the weekend against Atalanta, did he? He was seen speaking to the Italian manager afterwards, maybe just because they're countrymen, talk about 
Um, it's a Diop, I think, is going to be one that leaves rather than Ogbonna. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the look of those. Those were good odds, good value. And West Ham are so good from set pieces that if Kurt Zuma does come in from Chelsea and those rumours prove to be true, Chad, I'll be laying on him uh, at several weeks of the season, put it that way. Yeah, look, look, this time of the season, there's always plenty of transfer speculation, isn't there? And whoever comes in, as you said, rightly so, we're going to have to look at set-piece specialists. Dawson's going to get a few this season. If Zuma comes in, you know, Zuma will be definitely one you want on your shortlist. And I mean, we were at the Betway Cup on Saturday. I thought Ben Rama looked absolutely electric. Um, I know he's going to get on the goals, on the, on the score sheet a few times this season. He's definitely one to keep on side of because he's going to be the talisman, the ultimate talisman this season, I believe. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, James Jones, you uh, you were the actual overall winner last season, weren't you? In, as far as amount of money raised through via the Betway charity bets, I think you just nicked it by a few hundred quid, didn't you? Yeah, it was thanks to that big forty-to-one shot that I had in the the Leicester home win. Um, went for something a little bit different that week with two uh, Lingard to have three shots on target. I think it was. Um, and a win and both teams to score, and that came in at 40-1, to 1, which, looking back now, they have crazy odds at the time, um, but somehow managed to put it put it in the bag, and I think that was like, what, two grand? And it was the one week that I didn't put the bet on myself as well, so I was a little bit, it was um, bittersweet that, that day. Well, that's, that's, that's Absolutely. more, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Chad, what are we? Uh, Newcastle away, first game of the season, Sunday afternoon, two o'clock at St James's Park. What's uh, what are the punters liking at the moment? Before we uh, before we lay our own bets on. At the moment, West Ham are really, really popular. Obviously, fresh in the mind that finished the season okay last season, a really good sixth place finish. Europa League to look forward to. There's a huge question mark around plenty of teams towards the bottom of the of the league, and lots of pundits and and, and tipsters are. are predicting that Newcastle could really struggle this season. They've kind of walked a bit of a tightrope for a few seasons. Um, got Joe Willett, got Callum Wilson, but if they don't provide the goals, could look quite bleak elsewhere on the pitch for them. And West Ham have been really strong, five to four favourites for Sunday's opener. Yeah, that is, I mean, you know, we were probably similar odds going into the opening game of the season last season, Chad, of course, and then uh, that went pear-shaped against Newcastle, home and away. You know, I think they've only done the double over us and one other team. But we've got Chris Woff from The Athletic, Newcastle correspondent, coming up next. So he'll be able to give us a bit more insight um, about what we can expect from West Ham's opponents on Sunday. We've kicked off the season, Chad, with uh, with three bets already. Um, so it's me, James, and Quizmaster Reese is doing the third one this week in anticipation of uh, more regular appearances on the We Are West Ham podcast from Reese, uh, Do you want to run through them, Chad, and let us know what you think, or should we read ours out? No, I'll go through them all for you. So, Will, you've gone with a West Ham win. Again, a really popular selection with the Betway punters. A West Ham to keep a clean sheet. I think, as we mentioned, then if, if Joe Willock and Callum Wilson don't get on the score sheet, that's they look like it's going to be hard to score goals from their point of view. And Antonio to score any time. was a phenomenal finish of his on Saturday in the Betway Cup against Atalanta. So I think that's got real strong credentials to get off to fly out, Will, for you. Jonesy, you've gone West Ham to win to nil. Antonio anytime. And of course, Ben Rama anytime. As I mentioned earlier, Ben Rama looked absolutely razor sharp. And he has done all throughout pre-season. This is certainly going to be the season that he comes to the fore. So I certainly think you've got a stellar stelling chance as well. And Reese has gone for both teams to score. Ben Rama anytime and over two and a half goals. The only question mark for me is both teams to score. 
as we've mentioned, there's not quite so sure Newcastle are going to start in the same vein of form as they have been or have started seasons previously. I know you said, Will, they've done the double over the Hammers last season, but I don't think they're going to have as much joy this season. No, you'd uh, you'd certainly hope not anyway, Chad. That is for sure. I think um, with with West Ham uh, this season, Chad, what what are you expecting from, from the team as a bit more of a... Uh, you know, sort of your neutral hat on, if you like. Um, what are you sort of looking at, expecting them with the European campaign signings at the moment? Uh, are a little bit, you know, a little bit sluggish, as are lots of teams. But w- w- what are you saying, looking at our, our hopes and dreams for this year with the Europa League? I think the league is going to be a lot tighter this season at every part. I don't think City are going to run away with it. I think they're going to have such title contenders with Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United all going to be. Bang there for the whole season. I think the next bracket then between Tottenham, West Ham, Arsenal are going to be tight. Everton, Villa might sneak up into that. And I think the next bracket down, I think we're going to have the tightest relegation battle between about seven or eight clubs. I don't think the, the three that stay up have got chances to have come up. Sorry, have got chances to stay up. But I think Wolves, Wolves without Nuno, Wolves without Yotta again for the end of the season. How's Jimenez going to be? I think they they could struggle. The question marks around Palace. So. I think by default, West Ham only have to be to the usual level and now they could finish 10th. You just always question how how much the Europe, European competition takes out of you. Um, and, and that's something that's a bit of an unknown at this point, isn't it? But a reproduction of last season and, and, and to play into the same level, I certainly think they'll, they'll finish top 10 again. Oh, well, absolutely. But I think that really, me and James have covered it, but I, I think top 10... And knockout stage of the Europa League. I don't think anyone will be complaining about that too much. But Chad, as as last season, uh, listeners to the We Are West Ham podcast can, if they like the sound of our bets, go on and back them for real on the Betway website and app. Just let us know or let the listeners know how they can do that if they like the sound of what me and the boys are laying on for the charity bets each week. And I'm sure they will absolutely love the, the selections you guys pick. We've heard about your winnings and how much you won last season, so I'm sure we're going to replicate that. And the listeners can find it if they go onto the Betway app or the Betway.com website. Go onto the match specifically they're looking for, and it will always be in the pre-built bet section, and it's part of the Bet Your Way Builder. Okay, great stuff. So that's uh, we're getting uh, me, James, and uh, likely to be Reese for most of the season. We're getting three fifty-pound charity bets or charity stakes from Betway each week. And just to clarify, the winnings from uh, any or any winnings we get from any of those bets are so three bets a week. Um, any winnings of those uh, go to the charities. We're playing for the same same charities again this season. Uh, James for the DT Thirty Eight Foundation. Me for the Bobby Moore Fund and uh, Reese or the third man on the podcast will be playing for Isla's fight as always. Uh, great charities, those. Chad, I got a letter through, a signed letter from Bobby Moore's wife, Stephanie, the other day, thanking us for our contribution for last season. We were delighted to have done it. And uh, just another thing that's, um, you know, it's a, a wonderful thing to get through and uh, a wonderful sort of part of, of the podcast we were able to to pull together last year and exciting stuff this season as well. Absolutely, mate. Look, the, the, the work that the three charities do are absolutely unbelievable. And if any way we can support them, we do. And you obviously you've got to take thanks for, for picking those selections, doing your research and coming up with the selections that we can then put into a bet. And then we'll obviously Betway will match whatever winnings you've got throughout the season so we can donate some nice sizable sums to the charities. 
lovely mate lovely and before we let you go chad uh, i've just got to ask you you know everyone will be listening thinking is that the chad yeomans that got announced at the pa system on the weekend that presented the betway cup to captain <laughs> mark noble is it really him oh my god uh can you you know b- b- let everyone and break the suspense i can confirm it was me and I do signings, so if anybody wants a signature or anything of a We Are West Ham podcast badge or fridge magnet, I can arrange those to get sent out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, great stuff. Thanks for all the work you did last season, Chad. We're looking forward to it again for this season. And, uh, yeah, we'll obviously have you on every now and then. And I promise this season it's my New Year's, New Season's revolution. I'm going to be uh, a bit more brave a bit more often because as uh, as you taught me countless times last season, the braver you are, they will come through. And those uh, Angelo Bonabets put me in very good stead, did they not? Absolutely. I mean, and that goes to show, doesn't it? You had a 25-1 to one and a 28-1. to one. Jonesy had a 40-1. to one. You just have to... Think big, dream big, and and, that, and that's when the big profits come in. That's that's the fun of it all. Exactly, mate. Exactly, Jonesy. Are you uh, are you confident of beating me again this season? I'm always confident against you, mate. Um, just need another forty to one shot, and I'll be and I'll be happy. But um, my plan this year is to win is to win more. I think I only got like three or four out of thirty eight. Um, obviously, the the total was nice. But I really think we can get more chaps. I, th- I think we can. Mm. Um, now we've had a season of it. We know what to expect. We know how it works. We know what we're doing oh, now, really don't fan- we? Really, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've had, we've had a year bedding in, um, and yeah, now I do fancy us to, to do a hell of a lot more and, um, and and beat last year's totals individually and as a, and as a as a team as well. Yeah, wonderful stuff, mate. Well, as we've said earlier on, uh, you can back those bets yourself on the Betway website and app. If you like, as Chad explained, uh, the odds normally, Chad, come in around uh, the sort of Thursday, Friday mark if we give them to you on a Tuesday. uh, And that's about when fans can expect them. Yeah, they'll be on, on site by Thursday afternoon, usually by the latest. And then they can bet them through until kickoff, whenever that Okay, and... Absolutely. And uh, at we are underscore West Ham on Twitter, James Jones bangs all the graphics up every week with the odds as soon as they come through from Chad. So, uh, yeah, if you want to keep track, James also keeps a little league table going about who's won the most money and for what charity. But again, obviously, that's a little bit of fun, but great stuff that we were we were able to, to donate so much money. Thanks to the guys at Betway. Um, to those three excellent West Ham charity last season. Chad, thanks so much for that. We hope to see you again soon when we've got a few winners. Um, And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Your optimistic prediction for West Ham this season comes true. Real pleasure, gents. Cheers. Brilliant. That's uh, Chad Betway. uh, Sorry, Chad Yeomans from Betway there. And stay with us because Chris Woff from the Athletic Newcastle United correspondent will be able to give us a little bit more insight about whether we've got any chance at all with those bets for this Sunday. So for our first opposition view of the season on the We Are West Ham podcast, it was the same first opposition view of last season. Funnily enough, uh, we were all really confident ahead of the Newcastle United game at home at the London Stadium. We all remember how that turned out. But I'm delighted to say joining us for the first time is Chris Woff, Newcastle United reporter from The Athletic. Tip of the hat 
to our good friend Rashane Thomas for putting us in touch. Chris, delighted to have you with us. We didn't have you on last season. Uh, West Ham fans, perhaps foolishly, I think are, are pretty confident going into the first game of the season against Newcastle on Sunday. We had that feeling both fixtures last season and uh, got turned over twice. Not a, uh, I'm not sure you can tell me. Well, West Ham, the only team Newcastle did the double over? No, Everton as well. Everton. Everton. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. But uh, look, it's uh, brilliant for you to join us, Chris. What's the um, what's the feeling among Newcastle fans at the moment? We have a a saying on this podcast that we're the London version of Newcastle. A lot of animosity towards our uh, owners from from our certain sections of our fans. It's obviously the same for Newcastle. And I've seen a few tweets already after the Joe Willock news saying that West Ham are now the only team in the Premier League yet to sign a permanent outfield player there's always those comparisons going on but what's the feeling up there at the moment going into the new season well as of I mean the, the time is 5.46 on a Tuesday and as of yet Newcastle haven't actually signed Joe Willock he is on his way but they haven't actually signed him yet there are still right. a few issues to iron out so just to just in case we're uh, sort of speaking out to him but the feeling on Newcastle I mean the Willock news has given everyone a little bit of a boost, but it's from a very low base. It's been, I mean, it's been a wearing, I was going to say it's been a wearing summer, it's been a wearing 14 years now, Mike Ashley, but particularly <laughs> the last 18 months have been very, very tiring. Um, it's felt like the club has been in limbo and nothing has moved on. There's, I'm not going to bore everyone with the specifics of the takeover saga, which continues to drag on with Newcastle United, but has left them in this state where they've got an owner who by his own admission wants to go and has tried to, to basically uh, get rid of the club, offload the club from his own. And, and really he's uh, putting little to no investment into the club. I mean, he has done it over the last 10 years anyway, but he's lost interest. Um, it's a club that just seems to be going from, from month to month, almost trying mm. to, trying to just get through. And um, Willick gives everyone a little bit of a lift because it means that he did really well at Newcastle. And in some ways, it seems like a bit of a, at least a relative statement signing. Um, but even if the Willick deal is completed, Newcastle will go into the West Ham game with really the same squad as they finished last season, albeit without Andy Carroll, who's been released, obviously former West Ham player. So really, that they're not they haven't actually moved forward since the end of last season, and that is a bit of a concern. And everyone really, I think, is is very disillusioned with the club and how they can become really get enthused about a new season when really the owner doesn't want to be there. The manager is sort of almost just there out of default to a certain extent. And it just feels like they're just chugging along with on a road to nowhere in particular. Just existing at the moment. You, you, yeah. you mentioned there about the start in the season with perhaps the exact same West Ham are in a very similar boat. I think at the moment, there'll be those listening to this, no doubt who will argue that if anything, West Ham are in a worse position because we haven't got Jesse Lingard um, still in the ranks as we did at the end of the last campaign. Uh, as you're saying, this Milenkovic uh, looks like it's going to be coming over the line soon. It's been a fairly quiet transfer window across most teams, you know, outside the the, the behemoths, the Man Cities, the, the PSGs and all that sort of thing. It's been relatively quiet. I know Manchester United have done a bit of business, but for clubs like West Ham, uh, Newcastle and those sort of those sort of ilk. It's been a fairly quiet transfer window. Is there is there any sort of understanding among the among the the faithful up at St James's Park at the moment of the club's predicament, or is there just as, as we've seen at West Ham in the past, just clouded by anger? 
I think it's it's a mixture. I think some fans are really angry. I think others recognise, yeah, it, it has been a, a slow market. It has been uh, across Europe. And also, I think it beyond even just the financial effects of, of pandemic football and behind closed doors football, I think the fact that the Euros were so late and the players have come back to the sort of bigger squads late, they haven't been willing to release some of their players, which has sort of meant that, because Newcastle in particular, if they're signing one beyond Willock, they're likely to be loan signings probably from uh, the so-called top six. Um, and so they're waiting for, for for players to be released from those squads, which would be likely to be later on. So there, there is some understanding, but I, I think that it's more just general frustration of that even before the excuses that you could give Mike Ashley now in terms of, financial effects of the pandemic and the takeover situation. This is sort of how they acted for a large period anyway, and people are just fed up and they just want something to be to look forward to, something different, just, just the feeling that their club could be better, and yet everyone really thinks that Newcastle are going to be, it's going to be probably somewhere between 12th and 14th, which is where they finished each of the last few years since they've been back into the Premier League, and that's, that's the frustration. It's not even seeing a pathway forward. I mean, they have actually some exciting and some good players to get everyone on the pitch fit at once. If you have St. Maxima and Wilson, mm. Willick, if he does arrive, Almiron, there's, there's some really good, exciting attacking players there, but it just doesn't feel like there's a, a, a really enough to push for, for, for top 10 or anything like that. And it's just going to be the same old story. Chris. There you go. Um, I was just wondering what the, what the situation is, uh, is and the feeling is around Steve Bruce at, at Newcastle. Obviously that the style of football has come under a, um, a bit of scrutiny amongst Newcastle fans and, and neutrals as well. Um, he's a, a Newcastle fan, by all accounts, not going to walk away from the job, regardless of how difficult the conditions are under Mike Ashley. It's the feeling that, you know, he's probably not the right man, but it's the feeling is, you know, okay, we'll just, we're happy just to stick with him while we go through this off-field saga that's going on. Or do you feel like, or do Newcastle fans feel like a change is probably needed sooner rather than later, just to give that club a little bit of an extra boost, like the Willock signing that's coming, um, just to get you through another season until the takeover or something else happens that, you know, take, starts taking Newcastle into the right direction? I think from some fans, you're right, there has almost been that sort of acceptance that, that that's what needs to happen. The problem is that that was also basically the way that last season, if not explicitly, was almost implicitly sold to fans and instead that they're having to go through the same thing again. It'll be fascinating to see what reception Steve Bruce gets on Sunday. It'll be the first time he's been in front of a, a full St. James's Park crowd since uh, February 2020. Since then, the results have really... Obviously, last season was very, very difficult. The football, as you say, for large parts. But even when, at the start of the season, when they were getting some positive results, the, the football, for a large part, was awful. I mean, that West Ham game, I remember, actually, the first game of last season, after watching West Ham, I remember thinking, West Ham are really going to struggle this year. So that yeah. shows you what mm. I know about football. But, uh, <laughs> but then, that was basically Newcastle's best performance in the whole of the probably the first six months of the season. After that, there was very little positive from them. They, they nicked a few results here and there. But they, they really struggled, and 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 certainly by January they'd already gone to Brentford in the League Cup in December and mm. been turned over by a semi-reserve side. They then went to winless Sheffield United in January, put out a team to try not to lose, and got beat, got completely dominated and, and lost. Uh, and then by March they went to Brighton and got hammered three 0 and it was an appalling performance. And at that stage. I remember writing for the Athletic that it felt like the end. It, it didn't see, it felt untenable. He didn't see how he was going to stay around. And I think the fact that fans weren't there 
possibly did contribute to the fact that he stayed around. I mean, Mike Ashley has ignored supporters before the relationship with Alan Pardew at one stage had gone beyond the pale, but he still stuck around. But still then, Newcastle weren't in the situation they were in March. And um, so the last game of last season, there was 10,000 fans in for Sheffield United in the lap of appreciation afterwards. An audible minority booed Steve Bruce. In some of the preseason games this year, there's been a few negative chants towards him, not from majority of fans, but from a few at least. So I think if they start the season badly, then things could go toxic very, very quickly. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see if they, if they start the season well on Sunday and if they start the season well in general, that might buy him some time. But if West Ham come and turn Newcastle over on Sunday, then I really do worry about what the atmosphere could be like and then what effect that could have on everyone. Chris, I, I've got a real, and I know loads of West Ham fans have, I know there was talk last season, you'll know, of course, about there was talk of joint protests at the, the two games between the sets of fans who both felt uh, so strongly about the, the people who owned their respective clubs. Um, and there is a real affinity uh, among West Ham fans towards Newcastle supporters. As far as that Steve Bruce situation goes, though, from this is a personal opinion of mine, it seems like, and I've hated it before when, when Allardyce was in charge at West Ham and people would say, oh, stop moaning, you're in the top 12 or whatever. It, this, I hated that because for the people that go every week, they pay their money to go and be entertained. It's, it's not a duty to go. <laughs> um, but it, when I look at it from an outsider, it seems very much that, you know, uh, what else is anyone else going to do there? And do you feel that's... That's wrong of me to say that. No, actually, yes, it's a bad situation, but there is still room for better football to be played and room for improvement. Or do you think, you know what, if it's not Steve Bruce, then it's going to be someone else. And when you've got such limited resources, you're backed into a corner and have to pay, play a certain style of football. I think that I think there's a value to both views. I mean, I, I agree that that Steve Bruce is to an extent on a hiding and nothing. And I feel from it because... At Mike Ashley's Newcastle, that there is a there is a glass ceiling which every manager mm. comes up against, and also the problem that there is is because there's so little communication from those above. Managing director Lee Charnley is not spoken publicly throughout the whole of the pandemic, even though he, at the start of 1920 he came out program notes and said that you're going to hear from a lot more regularly. Basically, Steve Bruce has been left to to wallow in that sense, and 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 he hasn't helped himself with a lot of the comments that he's made. And but he's the only person that communicates for the club. Well, no, I can't. You you can't blame him. You can't blame him in one sense. But equally, if he's the only voice that you ever hear, then eventually you're going to tie yourself in knots. And I mean, and the 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 other counterpoint I would say to 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 those who who look at it and say, well, what else do you expect? My argument for Newcastle last season was that the players that that I mentioned earlier that they had and that they have it probably is a mid-table bottom half team, but they should never have been in as bad a situation as they were. If you have Callum Wilson, who I think just mm. about any other team in the bottom half, if not the bottom 12, would want as a striker. If you have Alan Sant-Maximan in your squad, if you have Miguel Almiron, you should not be in the position that Newcastle were in, which was fourth bottom with 10 games to go. Mm. And that was that was part of the issue. And there were, there, were, there were myriad reasons for that. They had COVID issues, had injury problems, but also before that, there was no discernible style Nobody knew how they were trying to play. Players didn't seem to be improving under Steve Bruce. And so I mm. think after a fir- his first 18 months, maybe even slightly longer, where he'd 
come in and it did very inherited a very very difficult situation and really steadied Newcastle to a certain extent kept them up you could put up with the fact that there wasn't any discernible style or whatever because it's like right well he, he's come in and he stabilized it but at no point did it look like they were progressing towards anything it looked like at some point they were inevitably going to get dragged back into relegation mm. uh, battle they finished last season well and he needs to continue that momentum at the start of this year. And I think that if he does, then some fans will give him the benefit of the doubt and will give him a bit of time. But I think he needs to start this season positively to really try and get at least some of them back on side. Some of them won't. I don't think some of them didn't, a minority of fans didn't want him to begin with. And I think that there is probably an increasing minority who will never accept him either but given what's happened over the last year or two but i also think that there's there's a majority of fans who will just look at it as right well see how you start this season and see what you can fresh do. slate almost yeah got. yeah mm. looking at uh, to this weekend chris obviously we're all excited that finally season starts again the fans are back but i can't help but that look back at the beginning of last season when when we faced each other and um completely turned us over at london stadium this time since st james's park we historically start seasons very, very poorly um, and he, and then either continue really, really poorly or <laughs> yeah. start playing quite well, um, like last season. Um, but in terms of what we can expect from Newcastle, what... Um, sorry, that was my Alexa. Um, what can... Um, what can we expect from Newcastle? I saw Steve Bruce saying he's adamant that he's got six or seven strikers in his squad. Newcastle fans beg to differ. Can we expect to see all of them play, given that <laughs> the majority of them aren't actually strikers? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, what, what you will see from Newcastle is what they played towards the end of last season and how they played throughout pre-season and all of their, I was going to say all of their transfer activity, they haven't actually signed anyone yet, all of their intended transfer activity is aimed towards is playing a 5-3-2, 3-5-2, however you want to look at it. So essentially, they are now playing with, for a long while, Steve Bruce said he, he wanted to play with four at the back. He was adamant he wanted to play with four at the back. But he kept reverting to five-man defence because Newcastle players were more comfortable, he said, playing in that way and, and they were able to defend. Subsequently, he switched, and now it is more of a three rather certainly at home rather than a five. And so, um, John Joe Shelby, if he is fit, he's he's had a bit of a, a few issues in preseason, but he has played. He played forty five minutes against Norwich last weekend. He played forty five minutes against Burnley. He plays as like a, a, a deep lying number six and is expected to spray passes going forward. If Joe Willock arrives in time, he will be one of the two number eights, as they say, probably him and Miguel Almiron, or maybe he's, uh, Ryan Fraser, who's been converted into this sort of attacking central midfielder, with then Alan Saint Maximan and Callum Wilson up front. So, really, what Newcastle are looking to do, that they have an idea that over time they're going to start to build from the back more and try to progress through the thirds. But really, Newcastle's main offensive threats or when they counter-attack at pace, and they have pace mm-hmm. and transition. They have the likes of Alan Sant-Maxima and Bob and Forward, Callum Wilson arriving at the box, Joe Willock. And so that's very much what you'll see from Newcastle. And I think you'll see an attempt to be a bit more expansive than they were certainly in the in the away at uh, West Ham last year. Newcastle played 4-4-2, which was something they didn't play very often later on the season. Andy Carroll even started that mm-hmm. game, and we barely saw him again after that. But when West Ham visited Newcastle later in the season, they sort of played to an extent how they're going to try and play uh, on Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see how they do function because like so many teams, Newcastle haven't had a lot of their players around due to international duty or various different reasons. So it'll be interesting to see how sharp Newcastle actually are as a side. 
All right, Chris, I've, I've got one more, but just a real brief one before we, uh, we, we move on to the last question. Andy Carroll, is he doing anything else or is he just, that's him, he's packed up now. Have you heard anything? You got your ear to the ground on that one at all? Well, I heard that basically he, he still wants to continue playing, possibly abroad is, is what I heard. I'd heard that he half had offers, I think, from uh, some far-flung places. I'd heard China, potentially, maybe even the MLS. Um, I think he's turned down a, a couple of those and is sort of waiting to see. I don't think it's entirely beyond the realms of possibility that he, he might end up as a, as, a, as a very late sign of Newcastle. I don't expect him to return to Newcastle, but I don't think it's 100% he's no longer in, a Newcastle player. I think if it, if it comes to the end of the window and Newcastle still think they need a forward and Andy Carroll can come to <laughs> some sort of crazy player cream, and I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility, but I think it's likely he's probably going to end up at a, at a championship club or something like that. He still wants to continue playing. I think he wants to do a bit of coaching on, on the side as well, but it's been a strange couple of years from back at Newcastle. He, he came in and it was a bit, there was, there was, a, it was an emotional return from, and in many ways there was a lot of nostalgia attached from Newcastle fans, but we just did not see any of the Andy Carroll that, that we were reminded of from a decade previously. Obviously injuries have taken their toll on him. Did he score? He scored once. He scored he once scored against once. Leicester City on... Actually, it was just, just after I'd written a piece on The Athletic, just at the turn the... I think I wrote on Boxing Day, because on Boxing Day, it became exactly a decade since he'd scored for Newcastle. <laughs> so I wrote that. And then the following week, he went and scored against Leicester. <laughs> but uh, but that, was the, that was the only time he scored. He got quite a few assists, certainly... Uh, certainly two seasons ago, not last season, but yeah, he, yeah. Ha- he had he had an impact in the dressing room. But yeah, in terms of playing wise, he was he was really it was almost when he came on in games, it was the almost the idea of Andy Carroll that scared opposition yeah, defenses yeah, rather yeah. than what Andy Carroll could actually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Chris, look, it's been absolutely brilliant having you uh, for the first time on the We Sam podcast. Just quickly, then, for last one before we let you go, looking ahead to the season, for those of us who feel genuine empathy with the, the Newcastle fans because they've got a club who are similar to many West Ham fans and not going in the direction they'd like it to or appear, apparently at the moment not going in any direction at all. Uh, what What is there to, to what's, a, what's a, some positive things that they can hold on to or look towards this season, whatever side that's from, takeover, playing style or just a good new hamburger stand near the ground? Just give me something <laughs> to be positive about for the Newcastle fans. I'd go for two very quick ones. First of all, I mean, this is for, I know this is for all clubs, but particularly for Newcastle where St. James's Park is situated in the city. I think having fans back and having that buzz around the city again is going to be huge for everyone and just being able to to have that. So it it felt, and I know it did everywhere for everyone, but it really felt like such a um, strange environment when, when Newcastle felt like something was missing. So to have fans back and to have that, match the atmosphere will be huge and I think the second one is is the attacking players I mentioned before Callum Wilson's never played in front of, of Newcastle United fans before so to have Callum Wilson and Alan Sam Maxim and potentially Joe Willock all in the same team Willock's never only played he played one game in front of 10,000 fans in, in, in May those attacking players there are there is some exciting attacking players that I understand why some people look at it and think, well, what, what are you complaining about as Newcastle fans? Because there are some really good players there. It's just getting them out on the pitch at the same time. It's getting them in a system to play well. But I think there are the raw materials are there for Newcastle to actually be a decent team to watch. Lovely stuff. Chris, it's Newcastle versus West Ham Sunday afternoon, two o'clock at St. James's Park. Quick score prediction. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. I don't know. James, would you take a 2 all? You love a Desmond, don't you? Um... I do love a Desmond. Yeah, I think I would take a 2-2. As long as we avoid defeat, I think we've lost our seven openers. 
<laughs> over the last seven years. So just going into a season without a defeat would be nice. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Well, Chris Woff from The Athletic there. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris, for the first opposition view of the season and for your first time on the We Are West Ham podcast. Stay with us because we've got loads more next. Chris Woff there from The Athletic. Uh, what a start to the season, Jonesy, opposition view-wise. Those of you who read The Athletic know some outstanding journalists who work there, some outstanding journalism that gets done. Rashane Thomas, of course, the West Ham correspondent, does some great work um, and brilliant to speak to Chris today to kick off our opposition views for the season. Jonesy, uh, that's it for the first podcast proper of the season. Appreciate I think everyone appreciates that we're easing our way into it a bit. We've got a huge name to come. Do tune in next week because we've got Tony Cotty with us for the full two-hour show, which will be brilliant. We'll be asking him, uh, obviously, for his reaction to the Newcastle game. We'll look ahead to the Leicester game after that. We'll chat to him about, obviously, he's been let go from Sky Sports. What's next for Tony? Um, obviously, uh, if he wants to come and be the third man of the We Are West Ham podcast for the season, that is absolutely fine. And we'll no doubt put that to him. We do want you to send us your questions for him as well. So email us or tweet us. Email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com or tweet us at we are underscore West Ham. Email will probably be better this week. So if you've got any questions for legendary West Ham striker Tony Cotty ahead of next week, then get those in. Jonesy, we are going to be running a fantasy Premier League uh, league table once again for the We Are West Ham listeners. Uh, have you got the code i believe correct me if i'm wrong uh, but i believe the the league is automatically rebooted so is it fair to say that um if the listeners were in it last season they're automatically in it again that is correct if yeah if you're in it last year it's been renewed so as long as you've set your team up ready for game week one then you will be in our league but if you haven't joined the league yet the code to join is or one W-U-C. So that's O-R-1-W-U-C. We'll put o, on the Twitter account as well. O the letter R. or O? No, O the letter uh, or O as in zero. Uh, o the letter. Yeah, cool. O, o the letter R-1-W-U-C. Uh, we'll put it on the Twitter account. Cool. Uh, that's so people can if they work. Yeah. That's Fantasy Premier League, year, isn't it? Fantasy Premier League. Uh, and this year, Fantasy Premier League have, have added a bit of a twist to the private leagues and they've second half of the season they've introduced the League Cup mm. um, so if West Ham well, I hope we try and win, win the that cup this year <laughs> uh, you can try and win the League Cup the We Are West Ham League Cup um, yeah so that I don't know how that's going to work but that's what they've said there's going to be a cup so we're going to activate that and um, I do believe if we're if someone wins the the, the cup we're going to be giving away a prize mate is that is yeah that I think so yeah I think um, yeah the the we are West Ham podcast listener league cup winners will win a West Ham replica shirt of their choice so uh, yeah if you don't normally get involved in that sort of thing but you're thinking about giving it a go this season then make sure you join the we are West Ham fancy Premier League There's about 500 of us in it last year um, yeah as James has dropped in that he went to the Euros final and that he scored at London Stadium probably mirth me bringing up that I actually beat James by a solid margin in fantasy Premier League last year all 24 of his teams that he normally creates um, James 
he likes to think fantasies is his uh his arena his zone his comfort zone and uh, yeah he's not happy that i uh I smashed him out of the park at that last season um jonesy a uh, little bit of extra housekeeping, just a reminder to everyone to follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram as well, so you can find us over there. Um, we're on Facebook now as well, aren't we, James? So just search We Are West Ham podcast on Facebook. The links to all of our accounts are in the description as well. You can buy us a beer or support the podcast for as little as a fiver or any amount that you fancy chipping in as a one-off or on the regular. Thanks for those of you who have already. That's over at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Give us some five-star reviews and write some nice words on Apple Podcasts or your chosen platform. Wherever we listen to it, you can listen and watch some clippets and snippets from the show on our YouTube channel as well. Once again, link is in the description below. And uh, James, I think the only thing left to remind everyone on the housekeeping front is that this season, the podcast is going to be sponsored by Football Prizes co.uk uh, they're a great site they've got some uh, jesse lingard signed jesse lingard shirt up for grabs this week which is an absolutely phenomenal prize just like to thank those guys and betway for supporting the podcast again this season it really does help us out and uh yeah just enables us to do just little things like the the shirt giveaways we were talking about but yeah 99 tickets up for sale for this week's west ham draw Signed and framed Jesse Lingard shirt. Each ticket costs £4.95 each. The competition ends Wednesday, the 11th of August at 7.30 with the draw being held soon after. Just 23 tickets sold so far and only a maximum of 99 can be sold. So there's only 22 hours left um, as of Tuesday night. So get on over there quickly. You're in with a could be in with a one in 23 chance of winning that fantastic prize. So thanks to those guys. Thanks to um, yeah, everyone else who supports the pod. Jonesy, some final thoughts then. Um, now we've done that first one of the season. We've eased our way in. Massive guest Tony Cotty with us for two hours next week, which will be brilliant. We're going to try and do a few of those this season as well as our week to week guests, which we always have. Thanks so much to Chris Woff, obviously, from The Athletic. But Jones, first one, end of the season, ahead of our first Premier League game. What are you saying? How are you feeling? Well, firstly, it's good to be back, mate, doing doing what we do, doing what we love doing. Um, looking forward to the season ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm slightly nervous, actually. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, last last season set the bar. I know we've discussed it, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm more excited than nervous, but part of me is just like, don't mess it up, West Ham. Please don't mess it up. But more, more so than ever, I'm just excited just to get back up to the ground and being in amongst the fans, watching West Ham singing bubbles before a game. I've not done that for close to what I work. Must be about eighteen months. So very, very excited for that. And yeah, looking forward to seeing how the podcast can can grow as we continue to work on it over the next sort of nine to ten months as well. So yeah, exciting time. Yeah. Exactly that, mate. You know what? All I am just excited, really. I know I started on a bit of a glib note, but I am excited. It was brilliant getting back the last two weeks to Brentford and then Atalanta with 
fellow West Ham fans just watching players be cheered on by fans who are in the stadium rather than a machine pumped in your ears by Sky Sports or BT. And ultimately, Jonesy, just get me on the plane to one of them Europa League away games. And then that's that's what I've been wanting for for such a long time. Uh, me and you both match going. West Ham fans have always loved an away day. So, uh, yeah, get me on the plane out to Italy, Spain, France or Czech Republic, Moscow, wherever it is. Just get me on the plane. But uh, yeah, thanks so much to you, Jonesy, for this week. Stay with us again. Big show coming up next week. It'd be great to have TC on, a uh, friend of the podcast. and Two solid hours bending his ear on all things West Ham. But once again, I'd just like to say the last word for all you guys who listen at home. Thanks for downloading the ones that you did over the summer. We'll be back with you every single week now. Really appreciate your support. If you want to get in touch um, we're going to make a concerted effort this season to be a little bit better on the uh, the communication side of things and and trying to uh, get in touch where, bit, wherever that may be, emails, uh, podcast, social media, um, all of those platforms. So thanks so much to you guys for downloading the podcast each week. We'll strap yourselves in for the ride because we've got another 38 to 40 weeks of uh, weekly We Are West Ham podcast from me and James. Thanks so much, everyone. Europa League campaign, here we come. Up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.